1: It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get $10 off of your next order. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. There are local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Not, I did not expect to enjoy the two-week camp from the Hornets because of the Elite Eight team's time that the NBA has granted them. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I have, not because of any basketball that I'm getting to see be played, But the comments from all of these guys at least have been somewhat enlightening on what they've been going through the past six months or so, what they feel they need to work on. We haven't heard from Malik Monk since his suspension. And so we're going to dive into those comments in the first segment today. But I've liked hearing from a lot of the different players that we haven't heard from in a long time because we've been without Hornets basketball for so long
0: now. I mean, honestly, We are starving on a desert island with about seven other teams. And what comes in this two weeks, it's like a content charcuterie plate right now. We got a little bit of grapes here, a little blue cheese here, maybe a little ham, a little bit of bacon. Again, again, the breeze over there, a bunch of crackers. We're not going to get full, but you know what? There's enough to just tide us over until the next meal. So, again, any content is good content, especially since we are basically – the headquarters of Malik monhave
1: right well now. we are we are the headquarters of Malik monhive, but we're going to dive into that as I think this is one of the people that people that that fans wanted to hear from most because yes. we have not heard from him, and it was such a roller coaster. At the end of his season, you know, we were we were at the highest of highs with Malik, you know, playing so well in the last 15 games or so, averaging a decent amount of points, shooting well from the field fundamentally changing, play, attacking a lot more, doing a good job. And then he starts against the Knicks, I believe, or maybe it was mm-hmm. the Pacers he started against. And then he gets hit with that suspension for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. So Malik Monk addressed that in his comments over the weekend. And Rick Bennell wrote an article about it of the Charlotte Observer. And so some of the comments we'll dive into. Malik Monk said, quote, I did it. I took my consequences for it. And uh, I think I'm making up for it right now. I'm in a great place with my mind and my body. The responsibility now is even bigger for me to stay like this instead of swerving off a little bit. Those comments, of course, were addressing the suspension that got that he got hit with, violating the NBA's anti-drug program policy. And so I talked with Rick Bennell on the wake-up call earlier today, and Rick seemed to think that Malik... Understood his mistakes, seemed to be owning it. We'll see if that takes place going forward. I could understand why people might have some skepticism, but. I mean, with Rick's comments, with what he wrote in The Observer, with what we heard from Malik just listening to the comments that he had, I mean, a—it it is the right thing to say. Like, you're always worried about diving too deep into this and saying, oh, okay, yeah, Malik's a changed man now. Because we we don't know. You got to have the actions to come with the words. But he does seem to be saying the right things. And hopefully, he truly does understand it, where maybe this isn't the kind of comments he would have had for us just a year ago.
0: No, it wouldn't have been like, again, the thing is we saw growth. We saw ownership. We saw a lot of contrition. So it like, I'm not going to speculate, but I'm wondering what other things he did. There are more questions. Like again, because I saw clips of that, those interviews. And quite honestly, I saw a dude that like, as someone that I've had a conversation with him, like he's grown up a little bit, you can tell. And with a lot of this, if that's going to be the case, then, Hey, I'm not going to, again, I've said it on Twitter. I, I will be one of those, again, granted, MonkHive, like, again, founder and co-founder right here. <laughs> I'm asking the question, like, if he's really changed, what's wrong with a buy low contract extension? I'm, say, I'm not saying give him the max. I'm not saying give him just a whole bunch of money up front and then see what he does with it. I'm saying you give him a team for, again, a team friendly deal, a two-in-one, or again, again, two-one, again, the first year, that third year's a team option, the fourth year's a player option, or something along the lines of that, and gives him three bites at the apple. But again, gives him another bite at the apple for at for another team or what have you. Right. But I'm kind of at the I'm kind of at the place where I kind of want to give him an extension because I think he's gonna explode this year, even if it's a good player on a bad team. That's still an asset. And just giving him the 7.3 qualifying doesn't guarantee you much after that. So I'm kind of wanting to extend him before we even get to that point. And I don't know about where you're at on that.
1: I would agree with you. People are going to roll their eyes at this because we are the co-founders, admittedly so, of the Monk Hive. It just makes sense to me to bet on a player like Malik Monk Especially if the money isn't going to be that bad, because I just can't imagine that there's going to be this huge market out there for him. I might, I there might be teams that think that the seven point three million dollars that it would take to, um, you know, get him if the Hornets make that qualifying, you know, the 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 Hornets, you know, have that qualifying offer in place, and the teams looking at that and thinking, okay, seven point three million. I don't know if I want to spend all of that on Malik just because of the way that maybe a Josh Lloyd feels of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast who just I mean, destroyed Malik Monk with his comments. Mm -hmm. I mean, just took him to the woodshed. And this is something that Doug and I talked about the last time we did this podcast together. I wonder how many teams think the same exact thing Josh Lloyd does. And so would they even be willing to spend $8 million a year on a Malik Monk in order to pry him away from the Charlotte Hornets? So this is the last year on his rookie scale contract. He will become a free agent. The Hornets can restrict that free agency with the $7.3 million qualifying offer. And I'm with you, Nada. It's not a bad enough contract to hold this team back salary-wise. Nick Batum is the contract that does that. Cody Zeller is even, to a certain extent, even if he's played to the value of it, that's the kind of money that holds you back. It's not going to be a $9 million a year contract for two to three seasons that hold this team back salary-wise. That is not an awful deal. And Malik Monk, quite frankly, I can't imagine that he's going to have much better options than that. And so we'll see if the Hornets decide to do that and kind of... I don't even... If it's not buying low. It's it's buying a little low, right? Because it's still... It, 9000000 is million. million isn't, isn't... We know what it is here. It's a fine enough offer. It's pro, It's more than what he's produced, for sure. Like, admittedly, you're betting on him you know, being able to reach the $9 million value with the next couple of seasons, but it hasn't been there the first few seasons of his NBA career. Yes, I'm with you. I take that bet. I give him a two, three-year extension where I'm talking about $9 million approximately annually.
0: Yeah, and at this point, the other thing that we have to talk about is when we start talking about these things is at some point, we don't know how the Kemba extension or how that all went down because... Remember, when that last again, when basically the front office said, no, Kemba, you're not worth that money. Then at what point do we start looking at? And I guess this is where I'm at with it now. At what point do we start looking at stuff and how they how the other players reacted? Like, okay, they're not even going to invest in their own talent like that. They haven't done it yet with Devante, and I'm not sure that they should and with Malik at least you'd be doing something similar to Jeremy Lamb where you're extending a guy it's not going to cost you that much you have probably the cleanest cap sheet in the league going forward i'm saying you buy low worst case scenario you you cut bait in 2 years and you're still going to be okay for future free yeah. agencies should you have your team in place and that way you at least get this guy invested you you have him settled and you can say hey Malik, you're going to be a Charlotte Hornet for the next four to five years. And that's perfectly fine with me.
1: Yeah. And and same here. And he was asked about Mitch Kupchak's belief in Malik Monk because Kupchak has constantly said that not only is Malik Monk one of the most talented players on the roster, he damn near might be the most talented player on the roster. And maybe until this third overall pick comes on board whenever and whoever that might be. But Mitch Kupchak has continued to be adamant about Malik Monk's talent. And Malik was asked about that. Malik said, quote, it takes a bunch of weight off of my shoulders because I know he's rooting for me. That really relaxes me to go perform the way I can. But it also puts pressure on me because I've got to show him that I'm still working and I'm still one of the best talent-wise on this team and I think, you know, yeah, I I could see how yes, it's great to have somebody believe in you. We've heard how much it's affected Dwayne Bacon, who does not feel that the team believes in him. And so I could see how that would mentally mess with someone. And on the other hand, you're damn right it gives more pressure on you because it's the classic saying, when I'm not yelling at you, then you worry. If I ignore you, then that's something you should worry about. Well they're not ignoring Malik Monk. They're continuing to say publicly, this guy's got a ton of talent it's time to live up to that. And if he doesn't perform well this season, then, you know, it's going to be a situation where if they don't extend him, um, to a longer deal than the rookie scale contract, then I can't imagine him being on this team next year.
0: No, neither can I. And at that point you're just cutting bait. And then you're also having to go back on the whole, he's the most talented guy we have on the roster. And which also says, if you are not in the business again, if this team isn't all that talented, what do you, what are you doing not at least offering the qualifying offer for the guy that is clearly the most talented guy on the roster. Now, granted, 12 12 months can change that, but at the same time, I would have a lot of questions.
1: Yeah, same here. All right. I want to talk to you guys about DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now and they bring it to you right to your door. Ordering is easy. You can open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless to keep communities um, that we all operate in as safe as possible. And many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery through the DoorDash app. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and $0 delivery fees on their first order with $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. We have a couple more segments to go. We'll talk a little bit more about maybe some of the draft buzz that's going on and how that might affect uh, the Charlotte Hornets. That's next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets.
0: Yeah, segue. Yeah. It's called a radio segue.
1: Well, and, and I saw I'm feeling better, done. by the way, if you didn't notice. I didn't want
0: you know, I'm I'm a little bit of a private person, so I don't talk about my health issues often on the show. Um, but what I now I'm healthy and I think people are gonna notice a change in me today, so I just wanted to kind of go ahead and get that out of the way. Um, that Doug is unleashed on this show today, so watch out.
1: It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Now that we've talked a lot about the NBA draft, it seems like there's going to be plenty of options for the Charlotte Hornets at number three overall because there's not the Zion Williamson of this draft. We don't know for sure who is going to be the number one overall pick. I will say this. Up until this article was released, it did seem like everybody was putting Anthony Edwards with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Even though we knew things could change, it just seemed like that was the most popular pick based off of a lot of different NBA mock drafts, as well as what the analysts were trying to project, who was the best fit, who was the most talented, everything encompassed into one. Anthony Edwards was the guy. Not so fast, according to a Bleacher Report article that was released based on all of the buzz that people with the website might be hearing. LaMelo Ball, apparently, not according to Bleacher Report and their sources. LaMelo Ball is the guy that Minnesota would zero in on if they don't want to trade down. So they write, quote, according to the Western Conference executive that is the source in this regard, Word around the league is Minnesota isn't leaning one way at number one, and they, quote, sound confused and feel pressure after messing up last year by trading for Jarrett Culver. Interesting there. Uh, He also says that the belief is that Minnesota's priority is to trade. Realistically, down the board, assuming an established star won't become available. If the Wolves stick at number one, though... Multiple sources say they'd bet on LaMelo Ball having the edge over an Anthony Edwards. Now, the reason why that is is a little bit more fascinating than just LaMelo being the guy at number one over Anthony. The reason that is, is this, uh, this uh, article references that teams are worried about Edwards' drive and his enthusiasm for winning. And according to a source, the Golden State Warriors aren't a likely landing spot due to these concerns. Despite media projections and upside that everyone acknowledges, he has a shaky reputation within NBA circles. And Dion Waiters has been used by skeptics as a comparison or low end outcome for Edwards and inefficient score at Georgia, whose Bulldogs finished 13 of the four teams, uh, 14 teams in the SEC. And the last one here says that the scouts and the executives have mentioned that his teams haven't won at any level and that he even forgets plays and actions within the offense and, the overall game plan uh, not a, I mean I don't know what to believe and what not to believe uh-huh. anytime that we're gearing up for the NFL draft or the NBA draft yes but we've heard this before to some degree I don't know if it's been as documented I don't know if it's been as reported like it is right now but I mean we had this conversation just the other day it seems like Anthony Edwards fits that bill more so than any of the other prospects that could go one, two, three, four, or five, maybe with a little bit of that surrounding Wiseman to some degree. But it's not the off-court issues with Edwards. It's just the willingness to, or the, the drive and the lack of winning that he's ever done. You know, what do you make of some of the things that were said about Anthony Edwards in comparison to some of the other top prospects?
0: Quite honestly, it sounds like they're looking to dump money. Like they're looking to get out of that number one pick. That's what it sounds like to me. Because this is a team that I'm looking at right now that is again basically I'm, I'm sorry they're about one seven they're about one oh five on the on the cap sheet they could they could stand to lose a couple of mil and to me, that sounds like what are you going to do for me to make this a little bit easier to deal with? What are you going to do to make this again cap sheet a little bit easier to deal with? so I can possibly get myself an established star slash retain Malik Beasley or Juancho Hernan Gomez rel- relatively easily. That's what that sounds like to me. That sounds yeah. like, and again, more importantly, if you're the Hornets, like if that means Anthony Edwards, instead of LaMelo ball falls to you, I'm kind of okay with it. Aren't you? Um,
1: Yes, of course I am. I want all of the options. Here's the thing, though, with with smoke screens. Number one overall pick, I don't know why teams would be so... I don't know why teams would be so driven to give out smoke screens if you're the number one overall uh, selection. Because, one, it's not like anybody is going to be able to jump ahead of you and pick anyone. You hold all the cards here. Maybe what you would want to do is talk about how Anthony Edwards should be... Should um, maybe maybe you want to put these out there because then you could trade down and then still have an Anthony Edwards there at number three if the Hornets were your trade partner or number four if you know the Bulls were your trade partner maybe that's something that you would want to put out there to try to get into the minds of the other NBA executives I just don't know how driven they are compared to the other teams already down there to put out some smoke screens like this if they really like LaMelo Ball and maybe that's another smoke screen too maybe they're saying we really like LaMelo oh yeah man we need to go get LaMelo before the Timberwolves do here's a Lot more because we don't want you to take uh, Lamelo. Then okay, like I, I get that there are reasons. There are some reasons as to why the number one overall team would want to do that. Um, I don't know if if, if it it. it I just think that there's some real stuff here. I I do think that this is a little bit more real that golden state wouldn't select Anthony Edwards, that Minnesota might not because of some of the problems that we've already heard about Anthony and like nothing, nothing is new in these reports, right? Like none of this is shocking stuff to hear about Anthony Edwards or LaMelo ball or anybody like that.
0: Yes. I really, again, the thing is like, some of these some of the wording of this and again the, the drafting of Culver making Anthony Edwards impossible doesn't necessarily like that doesn't jive with me quite honestly mm. because you can draft Anthony Edwards and just make sure that again and just say no thanks to Millie Beasley and move him on his way like this isn't that hard there are ways to maneuver around this and if you are the Minnesota GM then hey look i get why you might feel like yourself in a conundrum but again, I just don't, I don't see the problem here. So again, if you are really, again, if you are really that scared and this is all coming out, then this is a problem that again, kind of you need to fix in your house. The only question I have is like on this article is like, there's going to be a massive decision between Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman. And I just laugh at that. The Hornets are picking Anthony Edwards. I feel confident in that because again, I just don't think again, James Wiseman fits what they want to do in terms that, of a defense. This I really draft don't scares
1: the hell out of me, man. Like just even hearing that decision, I would be shaking selecting which one of those players just because I'm I've got so many question marks about all of them. And the one I feel safest I will continue to pound home is Devin Bissell about all of this. And all the other guys just scare the living crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I it get is. it. At the top of this NBA draft, that's just the situation that the Hornets are in and a very weird one where we don't get good things in, on NBA draft lottery night. And sure enough, we did, except we still might not end up taking a, a good one home because of the way that it's worked out in the past and because of the way this draft class looks, at least for the time being. Some other things that were mentioned in this article, by the way, just more draft buzz uh-huh. stuff, kind of keeping everybody updated. A Kung Wu has passed. James Wiseman on a lot of people's board. I, yep. I think that's something that um, that's not shocking here. Welcome I mean, to I, the party, guys. Yeah, Welcome well, to yeah, the party. And I know a lot of people think that already. And apparently, uh, the extra stock, there's more stock this year into IQ and intangibles because executives are scared of the top of this draft. And just in general, like me, so guys like a Tyrese Halliburton and Isaac Okoro are shooting up these draft boards. And I would put a Devin Vassell on that list also. Just somebody that's a little bit more safer, that has the smart basketball IQ. Maybe there is a little bit more stock into those kind of guys, a little bit higher up in the NBA draft than what it usually is in uh, years past.
0: Yeah, and then, again, there's just a lot of this. Just, uh, again, I get the whole idea of you want intangibles and in IQ. This is one of those drafts where if you look too hard, you may be overlooking the guy that's raw talented and you're not trusting your staff in developing mm-hmm. the guy. And that's something I can't, that's something I worry about. Like, I love Okongwu. He's physically gifted. He's smart. He does everything you want on defense. If you expect him to be bam out of bio, he's going to fail at what you want him to do. If you expect, I think you just right. need to look at the skill set. and And just, I hope, teams have not spent too much time. Study long, study wrong. And <laughs> I feel really, really, really scary about this because if you overthink this, you could end up overthinking yourself into overdrafting a guy that, again, might have a good career, but you're going to miss on the star. And if you're the Hornets, you need the star.
1: Don't overthink Belt Bar. It's fantastic, and it's really... All there is to it. Built Bars are healthy for you. It's great for the health conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's kind of like a dessert when you get done with your workout or done with your run. It's basically eating a legitimate candy bar, but it's actually good for you. And it is even good for the person on the keto diet. What's great about it too, is they have fantastic flavors like peanut butter, coconut almond, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, all along with the original flavors. And you get a free cooler. With your purchase at builtbar.com while supplies last. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off of your next order. You can use promo code locked on. That's all one word, no spaces, for $10 off at builtbar.com. NBA Finals matchup is set. Hopefully, the Hornets can get there one day. Until then, we're going to have to talk about other teams actually getting there. It's the Heat, it's the Lakers. We'll give you a little preview and how excited we are about this matchup
0: coming up next. This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says on contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades named or numbered <laughs> B shares batik of New York N dot B dot A dot. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets
1: podcast. Lakers put the final nail in the coffin for the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. We just saw that happen yesterday with the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics series. It will be a Lakers-Heat matchup. LeBron facing his former team in the Miami Heat in what J.A. Donde described on Twitter as a weird dynamic because clearly LeBron James is the best player for the Miami Heat, the most talented player, at least in their franchise's history, but doesn't feel a part of the family. And I think when Adande said that, it does ring true because of the way that they had an ugly breakup, just like the one in Cleveland. Now, maybe not nearly as vicious as the first time Mm -hmm. that he broke up with Cleveland, but Pat Riley certainly was not happy. And here Miami is in the NBA Finals, after Jimmy Butler decided to go there in free agency and they continue to hit on their most recent draft picks that aren't only long-term projects, but they're showing up in huge moments right now. It's been so much fun to watch the Miami Heat maneuver their way to the NBA Finals in Orlando. And it's the Lakers and the Heat, not a... Do you think this is going to be a good NBA Finals? How close do you think uh, uh, we're going to... Do do we get a seven-game series? Do we get a six-game
0: series? What are you thinking? No, five games. We're getting five games game. tops from Lakers in five. I like Miami. I think they're a great story. I think they would have done this to the Eastern Conference if this wasn't a bubble. Maybe there may have been more games that they would have had to expend in Milwaukee and maybe in Boston. But quite honestly, this is the best. This was the best collection of team. This is the best collection of talent, not necessarily an overly talented team, but the best coach team, too. I think the Lakers get confused by one game of that zone. LeBron figures it out. They dissect it. And we're talking about ring number four, and he's two rings away from Jordan. And we're also talking about Anthony Davis probably winning the finals MVP. That's where we're going with this.
1: Yeah. not, I think this is going to be fantastic. I don't agree with you on on this thing, just ending in five games. I think it goes longer, and I think the Heat have a very, very real shot of winning the whole damn thing. Their team is just too good. Their coach is too damn good. Here's the thing, too. Bam Adebayo against Anthony Davis is going to be a fascinating matchup. And it would be one thing if we were just jumping the gun on Bam Adebayo's defensive presence saying, oh, he's someone that can shut down and Anthony Davis, you better watch out. But it's another thing to say that with evidence of that already happening with Giannis being such a unique player and Bam really causing Giannis some fits as well Mm -hmm. as just Miami overall. I believe actually Jay Crowder was on Giannis too and I think he did a pretty good job. They're a team full of really capable defenders and they have a lot of good shooters and it goes down to the Heat playing better than the sum of their parts. Boston was favored in this series against Miami because they had the best player in Jason Tatum. People thought Kimba Walker was certainly somewhat on par. And same thing with the Jalen Brown. You might look at the top of that roster and think, yeah, they're crazy scary. There's just so many guys that can step up in a moment's notice for you where it could be Hero going for 37, Bam Adebayo going for over 30 in this game, already being one of the best defenders. And who do I see on the Lakers roster that scares the hell out of me besides LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis? And I I just can't give you anybody else that's like, okay, yeah, they they could show up and just be huge this game. Look, I know playoff Rondo is different. I know that Mm -hmm. they have moved through the playoffs a lot better than I think what people really thought that they would um, losing, I think just one game in each series. I think they, I think each, uh, all, all three of their series only went to five games and I get all of that, but not a Miami. I mean, they've just been so damn good maneuvering through all of this. I think this thing goes the distance. I mean, give me seven games worth of NBA Finals basketball because I think this is going to be a really tough match. I I think that they have the talent to compete with the LA Lakers and they have the depth and the coach to compete with the LA Lakers for a legitimate shot at the NBA championship.
0: I halfway agree with you. I think they have the talent to compete with the Lakers on the defensive end. Where I worry about them is on the offensive end. And I think we are drastically... Underrating how good the the Lakers are on offense, and I I'm sorry on defense, and I think they're gonna again we are going to see some rock fights in this. We are going to see some 90 80 rock fights, and it's going to be a little bit of bad basketball. But and again, everybody that was missing those days of the 90s basketball is probably going to be back in this series because they're they're going to be a whole bunch of dudes that can't score. The only thing that like, I just can't see them scoring enough. I just don't see the Heat scoring enough. And if you're telling me Butler's going to come back and hit it and light it up from three, cool. I can see them winning more games, but you're going to need that. Plus, you're going to need Hero on. Plus, you're going to need Duncan Robinson to show up. Plus, you're going to need Bam to be what he is. And the other thing that we're not talking about or not enough about, what happens to the Heat if they get into foul trouble? Do you trust a Myers Leonard to give you big minutes in that case? Do you trust a Kelly Olynyk to give you big minutes? Spoh going to have to do some of the best coaching in his career for this to happen. And if he does, yo, I'll t- tip his cap to him. I again, the two best players in the series generally are the teams that end up doing it for you.
1: And you're right. That's what makes this Miami Heat team so much fun, though, because I actually kind of worry more about the Lakers having one of their stars get into foul trouble. The thing is, you don't want the stars off of the court in an NBA Finals matchup. And so I don't I doubt that really happens. But I just don't know who else is going to step up. Like even a Danny Green in that Denver Nuggets series, he shot 28.6 percent from the field in that series. He shot 42.9 in the previous series against the Rockets. You're looking at his three point percentage. It's not like Danny was good. only shooting 32.7 on five attempts per game. The three-point shooting, it's heavily in Miami's favor from the guys that are at least capable of knocking down those shots. Even with playoff Jimmy being the kind of guy that can shoot some of the playoff three-pointers. And Anthony Davis has been excellent hitting his jump shots in the postseason. I get all of that, but I think people are wrong, man, that think the Lakers are just going to have a cakewalk to this thing. Like I think this thing goes the distance and I mean, I'm damn near favoring Miami, to be honest with you, man. Like I actually might say that Miami Heat could get this entire thing done. That's how high on that I am on them. But they've also they've been so fun too. Like it's been a really fun ride to watch those guys maneuver um, all the way again to the NBA Finals. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA. Really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.